Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 157. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary, going to be hanging out with you for this lovely episode here. I am excited to get into talking about some New York Jets football. What the hell else are we going to do, right, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, We're going to get into a surprise trade target that was linked to the Jets that I really like this idea. I can't lie. I really like it. Uh, A wide receiver coach hire and your voicemails. But before that, you guys know breaking news. Manscaped is now selling beard products. That's right. They've gone from waist to face to help you replace that bulky razor with their brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Manscaped help you get the golden rod of a Greek god. And now they've created the best tools for you to turn heads with a clean, perfectly groomed, and conditioned beard. Finally, tame your mane by going to manscaped.com and use our code JETS20, that is J-E-T-S-2-0, to pick up something nice over at Manscaped. Look at this. We got a little bit of a fresh shave here. We did a little nice trim. Guess what I used? My new manscaped product it looks fantastic thank you to manscaped jets 20 promo code pick yourself up something nice so let's hop into the episode today uh a couple of things that i want to get into before we get into your voicemails. so it is off season time and the rumors are swirling and a lot of the focus has been on the quarterback position which you're totally going to understand with the position that the jets are in uh when they are trying to uh you know, improve that position with a veteran of some sort, whether it's Rodgers or Carr or Jimmy or Tannehill or whoever, a veteran quarterback you'd have to assume is going to be in here. So that's been taking up a majority of, you know, the conversation points, which understandably so. It's the most important position in the sport. It's, it's you know, it's been something that's bothered the Jets for what seems like an eternity. So it's something that, you know, people are going to want to talk about and rightfully and rightfully so. But I saw something that jumped out, a different kind of rumor, a trade target for the New York Jets. And who is that trade target, you might be wondering? Well, it was Cortland Sutton of the Denver Broncos, a wide receiver, Cortland Sutton. And I said to myself, kind of like this idea. So let's talk through it. Lindsey Jones reported that the Denver Broncos might actually prefer to move Sutton over Jerry Judy. Now, most people, I think, were assuming that if they were to trade away a wide receiver, it might end up being Jerry Judy, who's you know a younger guy who had a nice bounce back year this year for Denver, uh, has come on a little bit slow, uh, who's drafted in the first round of 2020 by Denver, and, you know, it's been a little bit of a slow build for him, but it was pretty solid last year, over 900 receiving yards uh, there. But Sutton is someone who, you know, they, they, they paid, but they might want to prefer to move off of him and keep Judy. And, you know, some might ask, well, you know, they're trying to revive Russell Wilson. Why, why trade any of those guys? Well, their draft stash, their stash of draft picks, is fairly abysmal. They don't pick, let me check, until the third round this year. They don't have a first or a second round pick due to the Russell Wilson trade. So you got to recoup some value there. And there's just so many links that you could pull for either, I mean, Sutton or Judy, but let's talk about Sutton for a second. So the thing that's like slightly confusing on this is it would free up, you know, a nice chunk of change, but 
the dead money is still up there at $11.5 million. So that is definitely on the high side. And you might go like, again, why would you really want to take on that kind of dead cap hit to, to potentially move off of him? But when you're that desperate for any sort of draft assets to get some younger guys in here and to you know get this rebuild now in the right direction with Sean Payton, you might do it. And he's under contract through 2025. He's not. It's not a massive deal uh, from his age 28 to age 30 season is how long Sutton is uh, under under contract for. And the most important thing, you know, you look at, you say, oh, well, you know, his cap hit, if you just look at uh, the cap number, it's 18.2, which the, for a trading team, that's not what it would be. Uh, but then the two years after that, 17.3, 17.825 million but zero guaranteed salary so essentially you could move off of it uh and the jets who would be trading for him kind of just on the hook for the base salary 14 million in 23 13 million in uh 2024 and then 13 and a half million in base salary in 2025 which is kind of the going rate for like a wide receiver two ish type which is Pretty much what, what he is. I think he'd be a good Corey Davis replacement, assuming you move on from Corey. And yeah, he's going to cost you a little bit more than Corey Davis, but also a better player than Corey Davis. That's the thing. He's, you know, they're, they're roughly the same age, but he's been the better player. He had an 1,100 yard season back in, what was it? 2019. 1,100 yards, six touchdowns. His past year in 15 games, 829 yards. Solid. He only had two receiving touchdowns, which isn't a lot, but that Denver offense stunk, especially the passing attack. Russell wasn't out there throwing a ton of ton of uh ton of touchdown passes, but this is a big body receiver at 6'4, 215, which is exactly what this football team needs. If you're moving on from uh if you're moving on from Davis, which again seems pretty likely, you're gonna need another big a big body guy. Someone in free agency I've mentioned a ton is Alan Lazard. Um you know, maybe a Jacoby Meyer, someone like that, a middle tier free agent. But if you're able to land Sutton, would you just do that? And what would the cost be? It's not costing you a first round pick. Maybe a couple of day two picks. Like a, I don't know, like one this year, or one next year. Not, and I'm not saying like two seconds because I don't think it would. You, um, you had a, a second which ended up turning into pick thirty. Two, um, from the uh, from the Bears, excuse me, go to the Pittsburgh Steelers for for Claypool, um, a, a second and a fourth, something like uh, I don't know, some something along those lines. Maybe it's just the one second round pick. I would absolutely look into doing that. And like I said, it's because the the Broncos don't have a draft pick until the third round. And what was funny enough, Benjamin Albright, who is a Broncos insider concocted this trade uh, that if Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets, would you trade Zach Wilson and Denzel Mims for Cortland Sutton and a 2024 fourth? And again, that is not coming from a Jets person. That is coming from someone you know on the uh, as a Broncos staffer. If that is actually what it would take, you say Zach Wilson and Denzel Mims land you Cortland Sutton, and then you get a a fourth rounder in 2024. So not this draft, the following draft class. I think you do it. 
again, assuming you're la- you're landing Aaron Rodgers in this deal, or even if it was Derek Carr, but it it almost makes too much sense not to because you don't Zach doesn't really have too much value, and Mims, I mean, we we, we saw that doesn't really have a ton of value. Uh, they they didn't they didn't decide to move him because the value wasn't there and he was okay and. In a perfect world, I would probably like to keep Mims as a fourth or fifth option on this team, but uh, I don't think a Wilson and Mims for Sutton and a 2024 fourth round pick is something that's very realistic at all. But if you're able to acquire him for, you know, a couple of day two or day three, you know, mix of day two and day three picks, then I would highly consider it. You have to, you're again, I'll say it one more time Corey Davis has been written off like he's a goner. You're going to free up that $10.5 million. Great. Who are you bringing in to replace him? And, you know, people have pointed to the draft or, you know, the, the guys that I ran through or maybe trading for DeAndre Hopkins or something like that. Who's going to cost you more than uh, what Sutton would. I, I I like this idea. I'm in on that. I think that's what the Jets need. And plus, you just brought in his head coach, his former head coach, who's now the Jets offensive coordinator in Nathaniel Hackett and the wide receiver coach that freaking developed him was just hired in Zach Azani. That's what I wanted to get into next is the Jets hire a wide receiver coach. It actually turned out to be a perfect little segue here and a perfect two topic intro because they're kind of connected together. So the Jets hire a new uh, wide receiver coach in Azani. And I, from what I've seen, I like his energy. It's very obvious that Robert Sala likes guys who have the high energy. Hackett's that, and Azani definitely is as well. He, and what's impressive to me is he's lasted through three different regimes from 2018 to 2022 in Denver. He was there uh, for five years uh, with Vance Joseph, Vic Fangio, and uh, you know the the one year with Hackett. But he he comes and joins the New York Jets. And you look at the list of guys who he's been able to get stuff out of Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Kendall Hinton. You know, he was played a, a role in all of those guys to where they are, you know, at this point in their their career. The, those are solid. Sutton, Patrick, and Judy is a, is a nice wide receiver room. Are any of those guys absolute, no doubt about it, stars? No, but are they all serviceable wide receivers? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if he's able to, you know, he's like the the cockroach, almost like uh, Brant Boyer surviving through all these, you know, different regime changes. It shows that he's probably pretty damn good at his job. I like it. It's crazy that I'm almost like more excited about this hire than the Todd Downing hire. And I know that Downing, you know, has the connection to Derek Carr. So that's nice. But just from an upside perspective, you're you're bringing someone in who's served in that role before, so he has experience as a wide receiver coach, which is great. But then also, you have at, at the same time an up and coming offensive mind who's, you know, a, a high energy guy. I'm not saying he's ever maybe you know who knows. I don't think he is ever going to be an OC or head coach, but good positional coaches matter, and I like it. I'm excited about uh, the Jets hire and adding him uh, to the mix. And I definitely think it makes sense when you see people bring up guys like Sutton and Jerry Judy. But of the two, I know Jerry Judy's younger, but Sutton at that on that deal, I think would be a nice add. 
I really do. I, I think that's exactly what this offense really needs. Uh, you have, you know, Hackett, who's going to be running an offense that really the bigger wide receivers usually tend to thrive. And, and Sutton as a red zone threat with either Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers or insert your favorite veteran quarterback option here, throwing the football then I think the Jets could have some success with it. So I was kind of surprised to see that name floating around, you know, record when I was recording this, but I like it. Let me know your thoughts on it as well. Let's get into those voicemails. All right, first up, we're going to go out to Nick calling in from New Jersey, and he wants to talk some NFL draft and potentially moving on from Barrios. Okay, let's do it. Hey, Matt O'Leary and everybody. It's uh, Nick from Jersey. I just want to call in, just talk about a little bit of draft. Um, I'm just thinking that if we could change our approach, you know, the way we see Joe Douglas conducting um, later draft picks is, he's, I mean, he's trading them away easily, sure, but um, he's also taking a lot of defensive talent. I mean, I think the Jets need more speed on our team. So even if a guy's not so good, let's like, I hope they can start looking at 40 times and start really paying attention to speed and thinking how are we going to increase our speed on the lower part of our depth so we're not overpaying guys like a Braxton Berrios to be here. Even if we get a guy as fast and not as good, it's better than paying $10 million or whatever. I'm sorry, we're paying for Braxton. And um, I just think that we can use our resources better, and with doing that, we increase our speed and our youth. I just think that... If we want to resemble anything like a Chiefs offense, that's speed. And the Jets don't have a lot of speed. I mean, you have Garrett Wilson, sure, but outside of that, more baby. So let me know what you think, Matt. I know any football team could use more speed, but I think we should use our pick for that. So anyway, let's go Jets. Yeah, uh, I definitely understand where you're coming from on this. I wanted to, as you're talking, pull up some of the, um, the the forty times of the uh, of these Jets receivers, but I think they do put an emphasis on speed. I think that is, you know, part of uh, with the corner specifically. They liked Eccles because I know because of his speed, but Moore ran a four three five forty yard dash, which is pretty damn quick. Garrett's was what his was, I think 40 time, I believe was four, three, eight. Okay. There you go. So Elijah Moore is a tick faster and on it. And Denzel Mims is a four, three, eight, 40 time. Most people don't think that he's, you know, he's, you know, a speedy guy because of his size and think, Oh, maybe a more, a slower body possession kind of guy, which is ironic because, Drops are an, an issue with Denzel at the NFL level, it seems. But he at at six three and over two hundred pounds ran a a four three eight forty yard dash. So I think they do value speed, but I I think if they are going to add at this position, they would look for, um, you know, especially a replacement for Braxton Berrios, which you mentioned. He's essentially the backup slot and punt returner, kick returner. I agree. I think you do move on from him. And save yourself the the cap relief there, just because you you know you paid him to be an All Pro returner, which you know great after twenty twenty one he had a really really nice year and was a good complimentary piece, but he was a non factor in the passing attack this year, had a massive drop in a huge spot, and also was just 
lost as a punt returner and not a very good kick returner this year. You could have Bam Knight do it. Bam Knight is someone who's returned punts before. I know what his 40 time is off the top of my head. Let's see. 458. So that's not really uh, a super fast 40-yard dash like some of the other guys, but uh, he's returned kicks and punts at least. He has that experience. So I think that's the route that they go. But also, too, like we, we mentioned it at the top with uh, Cortland Sutton, which oh, just out of curiosity, what do we think his 40 time is? 454. Yeah, that they, with his body type, not super surprising. They also need a bigger body guy. Uh not a, a small, you know, five nine receiver who you're gonna plug in the slot. They need a big outside receiver too. So I, I think you have to have a mixed or balanced approach. Let's go to uh we'll go out to Richard in Nevada. All right, let's do it. Matt, it is your boy Richard from Nevada once again. What's How up, are my friend? Doing, my friend. Great. So um, there was something that Connor Rogers went ahead and said that I just really disagree with as far as the way that he said it. I said the, the Jets don't have a good coaching staff. They don't have a, a bad coaching staff. They don't have a good coaching staff. Let's just go ahead and just look at some of the things, and let's not be revisionist about a lot of these things. For example, remember how we were all trashing Jeff Ulbrich in the very beginning of this season? And yet we ended up with a top three defense, top five defense, whatever number you want to give it. There, there, there were moments that this defense was easily elite. I mean, granted, look at your, look at your, look at Sauce Gardner and where he got with his, uh, with his rookie of the year for the defensive uh, side of the ball. Now, yeah, we can say Mike LaFleur didn't work out. Mike LaFleur wasn't the best, or maybe he's, you know, maybe he's the scapegoat we're going to work with, or however you know, you want to mentally phrase it. But there were offensive players on this team that were fantastic. And maybe that was partly coaching. Maybe that had nothing to do with the coaching. I don't know. Now you look at Robert Sala. Robert Sala has been so far the best head coach we've had since Rex Ryan was eating hoagies and yelling every profanity in his locker room when they didn't get it together. When Mark Sanchez was your quarterback. And guess what happened? You were in an AFC championship game and in a close game where you could have easily been in the Super Bowl uh, had you taken it all at that point. Um, you look at the last head coaches, Todd Bowles had no energy. He had the, the volume speaking level of that fly that pisses you off at 1 p.m. when you're trying to like go to sleep and it won't leave you alone. It keeps landing on your forehead. And then Good Adam analogy. Gase, man, I don't know what to tell you about Adam Gase, but he literally just kept saying, oh, we just got to play better. We just got to play better. We just, just got to play better. Yeah, we know Adam Gase. We know. We got to play better. Robert Sala right now I think is very nice as a guy, a very good guy, I think he might be a little too nice. And I think I need to see more uh, tough love from him when this game, or when this team starts to really start to shine and it's a success. We can't accept mediocrity. Um, and now you want to talk about Nathaniel Hackett. You want to say, okay, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, maybe they only brought him in because they want to get Rodgers. Would that have been a smart decision? No. But Nathaniel Hackett also proved himself as a good offensive coordinator, not as a head coach, and he's not playing as a head coach. He's playing as an offensive coordinator. So we'll see. We will find out how this works out for the Jets. And, you know, if it is Rodgers or if it is Carr, I, 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 have, good, I have good feelings about this entire team. So I'm not about to sit here and say that the Jets coaching
it fe- fell off there at the end. He got cut off. So I list, I'm a Badlands subscriber. I like that show with Connor Rogers and Joe Caparosa. So I know exactly the clip uh, that he's talking about. And it's on, it's on Twitter. It got, it made the rounds. It has 31,000 views. Um, and the quote is the coaching that these guys get really matters. And I'm not saying the jets have a horrible staff, but I don't think the jets have a good one now to Connor's credit. And I didn't know, I don't know if, uh, Richard knew this from, uh, that this was in reference to talking about the offensive staff specifically. So the Ulbrich point that you make, I think is a fair one uh, as well as Robert Salas. But I don't think it, uh, I don't, th- I don't think the context of the jets um, not having a horrible staff, but not having a good one. Uh, I think it was in reference to really the, at the time, the two most recent hires in, in Hackett and Downing. I think that those two are potentially a little bit underwhelming, which I think is a fair take on it. I am relatively satisfied with Hackett. If it's uh Carr or Rogers, more so Rogers downing. I don't know. I, I didn't really love that hiring. He is a veteran uh, guy, and, you know, had success a long time ago, but recently in Tennessee, I don't really look at that passing attack and say, oh, that was, you know, that was a really good passing attack. I like it, but I, it, it's tough. And the point, another point that he was trying to make too, is it's hard for this staff, meaning Salah to recruit ta- offensive coaches and talent to come here because they're potentially a lame duck staff. If they don't make the playoffs, there's probably a good chance that they get let go. So this is the guys that you're going to be picking from. And it's, I'm going to make pretty much make Connor's point again. Is it a horrible staff? No, I don't think it is. But when I would be like, oh my God, I'm thrilled with the Jets offensive staff right now. It's unbelievable. No. Is it improvement? I hope so. I really do. I liked LaFleur, but you know he had his deficiencies. I hope it is an improvement. I really do. But it's not like, I'm not looking at and just like specifically these two guys and saying that's it. And we in, in Hackett and uh, in Downing and saying that this Jets offense is going to go, you know, leaps and bounds and be so much better. I that's where I have my concern. It's really going to be most dependent on who's the quarterback for this team. Uh, but I get the point that Connor was going to make or was, you know, making there. Um, I think it was more specifically on the offensive staff. Next up, we have, and thank you, Richard, for the call. We have Constantine from Florida wants to talk about sign car now or wait for Rogers. Hey, Maddie, it's Constantine from Florida. Listen, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. Right now, we're talking with Derek Carr. Right now, we could sign him. But yet, there's still a few people in the Jets organization that want to see what Aaron Rodgers wants to do. So my question to you is, what do you do right now? Do you sign Carr right now? Or do you wait to see if you can get Aaron Rodgers? Let me tell you what I feel. Sure. Number one, I feel Carr is going to be a better piece to our offense and to our future plans. We may not win a Super Bowl in the next year or two. But in the next five or six years, I like our chances 
And Carr's been proven to stay on the field and be effective. He's never had a number one defense or a top five defense, for that matter, to back up his play. So I think that's going to be a huge advantage if he comes to New York. Now, as far as Aaron Rodgers is concerned, he has this tendency of holding organizations hostage. The Jets have always had the problem of picking a quarterback. Go back to Dan Marino. We could have had him in the draft. What do we do? We get Ken O'Brien. I always fall back on that because I feel like we've always had that misstep at quarterback. Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson, yada, yada, on and on. Same old story. We got to make that move. We got to be proactive and we got to get the right guy. So I feel like the right guy is Aaron Rodgers. And let me just give you a quick opinion I have of something. You know, the NFL season's 18 weeks, right? Then we got about another five or six weeks to the Super Bowl. Why the hell is it that when we get to the Super Bowl, it, it just it, it doesn't even feel like it anymore? It's like the halftime show this year was Rihanna kind of symbolizing her pregnancy. Like all the little white things that were around her were swimmers. The sperm. So why <laughs> is <swimmers>. it that <laughs> we're, we have to watch this shit? I mean, it's shit. I want to watch a Super Bowl. I don't want to wait a half hour for the Super Bowl halftime show. You know what? Do a show before the game, okay? Start the Super Bowl around 4.30 instead of 6.30 and make a football game out of the Super Bowl because that's what it's supposed to be. She got on that stage and shit all over that football field. Did you see that football field after she got on? It was bad before. Is that what we're, 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 we're reduced to watch on a Super Bowl? I'm really pissed about this year's Super Bowl. I thought it sucked. I thought the referees sucked. I thought the field sucked. And I thought the game sucked. Wow. Some hot takes there at the end from Constantine. I'll go through those, uh, but let's go first to the Carr and Rogers debate and your take on it, which is, uh, you know, more than fair concerned with uh, Rogers. I, the one thing I don't agree with you on is that the Jets can't win in the next two years. I think this is the time where they should be going for it because of all these young players that they have on their rookie deals. It's going to be significantly harder for them to keep their core around when you have to pay people. And yeah, there there are ways to do it, and I'm sure they're going to be able to keep most of these guys, but th there's a reason why the rookie quarterback deals are so valuable or if you have someone who makes a little bit of money you have to have you know a nice core of guys who are you know not getting paid very much think about it sauce Gardner's you can make a legitimate case that sauce Gardner's the best corner in the NFL is making pennies on the dollar because he's on a rookie deal for the next you know three four years after this and the same things you could say about uh Brees and AVT and Garrett Wilson, and you know, you just go right on and on and on down the line. Eventually, you, you got to pay these guys, and they're going to get their market value, and it makes it significantly tougher to compete with. I'm more than okay with Derek Carr being the the answer for for the Jets here, but what I think the thing that is playing into the Jets' hand is the timeline. I've seen a lot of people who are. Uh, thrown off by the timeline now because they're saying, well, you know, a, a car left. They, they let him leave. 
Well, he wants, he's going to take his time. He said it. His brother came out and was on, on TV and saying it the other day that he's going to take his time with it. So he's going to want to visit the other opportunities. He's not going to make the decision soon. So you're going to have the opportunity for Rodgers to come out of his darkness retreat, which is, is it a little bizarre? Yes. Is it annoying that you have to wait on this for potentially finding a quarterback? A little bit. But that's what happens when you miss on the number two pick, unfortunately. You you resort to this. That, that, that's your spot. You're waiting on a guy who's has some red flags. I get it, but the, the there's a ceiling with Rodgers where if he's playing like when he's at an MVP level, which it's not long. He won back-to-back MVPs in 2020 and 2021, and he's playing with a broken thumb this year and would still put up an almost historic Jets season. If that were his numbers playing on the Jets, if Aaron Rodgers was on the Jets this past year with everything else remaining the same and Aaron Rodgers starts 17 games for this team, what's their record? 11 and 6? That's a four game swing potentially. And maybe you could say the same thing for Derek Carr. You know, maybe you could. Um, honestly, Constantine, I'm good with either of those two guys, but I understand the concern about waiting for, for Rodgers. But I think the timelines are actually lining up. Uh, I will say on the, on the halftime performance, I don't think the, the halftimes aren't for us. The, the football fans are there for, you know, to watch football. They want to, what the NFL and what just, what they want to do in general is get people to come in who don't normally watch the Super Bowl. And it worked. The The halftime numbers were unbelievable comparatively to the game. And was it sad that the, the field wasn't great, which in the first half it was it was bad. It was bad the whole time. And supposedly uh, Travis Kelsey on his podcast with his brother was saying how bad that field was uh, when they played back there in week one. Um, so that's part of it. And the, and the referee decision, the pass interference or the holding rather at the end of the game, that stuff happens. It's football. It was just still, you know, a, a 38, 35 game with two really elite level, you know, teams going back and forth. I think it was, a, it was a fun game. I enjoyed it. Did it take away a little bit at the end because you didn't get that, you know, potential final drive from, uh, from Jalen hurts who had a just phenomenal game. He was great. I guess, but I, I still, I enjoyed it. And Ryan has some good songs. Those performances are always a little bit out there and, and bizarre, but like I said, it's not for the football fan. They're trying to get the people who don't normally tune in to tune in. It's a big spectacle. Let's go to Will calling in from Dallas. He wants to talk about quarterback. Okay. Hey, Matt, I'm not even sure I'm calling in time uh, to, to be on the show, but, um, oh, sorry, this is Will from Dallas. Um, I'm not even sure I'm calling in time to be on the show, but I just wanted to give my thoughts. I haven't called in in a couple of weeks just because I didn't feel like I had anything of value to say but or even any, any questions to ask. But this whole uh, Matt LaFleur, or Mike LaFleur, sorry. The whole Mike LaFleur and Zach Wilson thing has, has given, uh, spent some time since the report came out. And I think, and maybe I'm a Zach Wilson apologist, I think that he could still have a future with us. I think whether we go Rodgers or Carr, I think he, he really does need a reset. Just think about 
you're 22 years old, you're coming into the league, you got all this talent, and the guy calling the plays for you, the guy designing the offense, the guy who's supposed to be your biggest supporter is going behind your back and telling you, telling people that every other quarterback in the quarterback room is better than you, and his offense is better with them. I think that's why we see the yips that we do. It's just it's complete, utter no confidence in himself because the coaching staff, or at least the offensive coaching staff, didn't have confidence in him. So if Hackett has no confidence in him, then move on. But if, if Hackett feels like he can get something out of him, I feel like we should let him sit and reset because I, he was middle of the pack in contested throws, but uh, last or at least close to last in uh, open throws, I think it was two-plus yards of, of separation. And it has to be a confidence thing because – when you have those open throws and you have time to think about it, that's when, when you have no confidence, that's when the issues are going to come in. So um, let me know what you think. That's just my opinion. But I, I'd kind of like to see him get another chance maybe two years down the line. Um, thanks for taking the call. Love your content. As always, go Jets. Yeah, man, I appreciate it, Will. Different perspective because it's been a lot of to- uh, quarterback talk about bringing the veteran, which – you know, you're you're obviously saying you're not a, you're not against it. With Carr, I don't think you'd have the opportunity to go back to Zach because I think Carr would probably be here for I don't know, four years, maybe something like that. Rogers is two years, and maybe you can go back to Zach or one year and go back to Zach or something. I he need he desperately needs a reset and. They don't have, he's not going to have any trade value at all. So I don't see why you trade him at this point. I think he's going to be here, man. Does that mean he's definitely going to be the answer that it's going to work out and everything's going to be, you know, gravy? No, that's asking a lot. I think he's going to be here. Unless someone, you know, there's a quarterback that gets hurt and the team gets desperate, then maybe that's where they'd want to uh, trade for him. But, you know, it, it's, it's hard for me to sit here right now and tell you that I think uh, Zach is, you know, going to get this back on track and be fine now. I hope so. He does. Ha- he has all the talent in the world, but mentally, something is very, very wrong. Very wrong. Hopefully, it. Hopefully, it fixes for him. Let's go to Travis from Ohio. He wants to talk about uh, if I was the GM, what kind of uh, value would I give to Rogers and Carr? Hey, Amen. Travis from uh, what's up, dude? Hey, buddy. Is uh, Rogers asking price too high, and can we sign their cars? And are they working against each other? Which price would you prefer, and where at? Like, uh, their car being free agent now, uh. What do you prefer to sign him at? And what would be, you be giving to part with the GM? So, anyway, love you. You know it, brother. Bye. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's definitely, that's what you have to think is what, what would the cost be for someone like Carr? Uh, and then what is the compensation going to be for Aaron Rodgers in, in a trade? We'll start with Carr because he's, you know, someone that you're going to be able to sign without having to give up any sort of draft picks. I would think 
somewhere with around the $35 million a year AAV, something like that. So uh, let's say, do, 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 I'll bring up this handy dandy calculator. Three for 105, or maybe just three for 100. Let's go 100 divided by three. Let's see what that is. That's 33.33 million. I think it's going to be over 30. There was a recent projection from uh, Mo Moten who said he thinks it's going to be between 28 to $31 million in free agency. I think it'd have to be a little bit of a bump up there. It seems a little bit on the lower side. I would love to, to if you're telling me I can get car for a 28 million, sure. But I'm going to guess it's going to be closer to the 35 number. And I think a three or four year contract. As for what I would give up for Aaron, second this year, first next year, uh, maybe throw in, <clears throat> excuse me, Oof. felt like I was going to cough and I just didn't want to go into a coughing fit on, on air. That would have been gross. Um, second and a first, maybe if they like Corey Davis, which supposedly there's a rumor that they did throw him in the deal too. Why not? But I think a, a second this year and a conditional 2024 first round pick. So that's going to do it for me on this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in guys. We had a lot of fun, a lot of good things to get into with the Sutton rumors and, uh, the voicemails as always in the, the new hires here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe, share with a friend, comment below. I'm Matt O'Leary. I'll talk to you next time.